life is happening for us, not to us. And challenges are here to refine us, not define us. I really believe the universe is trying to you know, wake us up and say, hey, I'm here, you're not listening, you know, and it keeps happening until we listen. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou, and boy, do we have an incredible, exciting guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is an international best-selling author. She is the co-host of the incredible TV show, Reset Your Minds, and she is the life partner to my good friend and previous Thought Leader Revolution guest, the one and only Joe Vitale. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one. The only, the legendary Lisa Winston. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Wow, I feel like I should be doing cartwheels or jumping up and down. (laughs) Thank you for that. That's amazing. (laughs) Welcome to the show. So glad to have you here. This is a long time in the making. I know it is. Oh my gosh. Thank you for being so patient with me. (laughs) God bless your heart. It's an honor to have you here on the show. Thank you. So Lisa, you know, Let me tell you about the men and women who listen to this show because they're society's greatest heroes. They are entrepreneurs. They are the men and women who believe in freedom, free expression, and free enterprise. The values that made Western civilization great. They have a goal, a dream, a vision that they want to make come true. They come on this show. They listen to you because they want to learn from you. They're coming here because in their hearts, they know they need as many allies as they can get to help them make their dreams come true. But before they can fully give themselves over to you, before they can open their hearts to the greatness that is Lisa Winston, they need to get to know you. So tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the great Lisa Winston? Oh my God. I'll try to shorten it as much as I can. (laughs) I had a very difficult um, childhood, a very difficult, I mean, I had a lot of trauma drama. That's why I really love sharing this with your audience. You know, rape, abuse, uh, divorces, toxic relationships. I lost my house to wildfire in San Diego wow. in 2007, breast cancer. And two years ago, I almost died from Lyme, neuro Lyme disease. I, I was, uh, that's why I'm just coming out of that. So um, life challenges hit all of us. And my greater message is this, you know, when I was 54, I had a 40-year music career that I left. I chose to leave a 40-year music career because I knew it wasn't my life path. I wasn't happy. And I had this fire inside of me, like all of you have, this burning desire to get to something that you know is yours. And so it really takes a lot of determination, a lot of commitment, a lot of grit, a lot of hitting walls, but you grow in the process. And so when I left that and I went to embark on my journey, I started building my business again. I was, it was really about learning about who I am at the deepest level, authenticity and, and all of that. And um, after I started doing that, it took me about a good eight years. It's been eight years since I did that. Um, I built my business. Um, I now have a number one bestselling book called Your Turning Point, co-host of the Mindset Reset Show. Uh, Joe and I are doing a whole bunch of projects. Um, there is so much more that's going on. And so you get to follow your dream no matter how 
difficult your life seems, this whole segment I'd like to devote to how you can build resiliency through struggle, because that's really what we go through. And um, uh, I honor each and every one of you because the entrepreneurial journey is a challenge, but it's wonderful. (laughs) It it truly is a challenge and it is wonderful. And, you know, one of my earliest mentors said to me once, facts tell, but stories Mm -hmm. sell. Stories are what define us and bring us together as human beings. So you started to share a bit of your story and and a bit about what you went through. Would you mind giving us more? What happened? What is it that really, really was that moment of adversity or the several moments of adversity that turned Lisa Winston to the greatness that she is today? God, I love that question. That is so profound because back then I was very unconscious and I was very miserable. I was happy, unhappy. I was a victim. And I was just living my life, you know, on autopilot. I had no idea what was happening. I thought it was happening to me. And the thing that I love to say the most is my kind of like my little phrase is life is happening for us, not to us. And challenges are here to refine us, not define us. So after I had gone through so many things, like I said, abuse, rape, marriage, you know, uh, divorces, toxic relationships, Really and truly in 2007, the wildfire that took my home in about 10 minutes, and then two months later, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. That was the big turning point. That's what one of the things I wrote my book about, your turning point. We have small turning points. We have large turning points. And I think ultimately, they all get us to the same place, but it's like, how long do you want to take to get there? <clears throat> what I love yes. to call it is like the fire and the cancer, they were the two big universal two by fours that hit me alongside the head. I really believe the universe is trying to, you know, wake us up and say, hey, I'm here, you're not listening, you know, and it keeps happening until we listen. And then um, truly, the Lyme disease happened, and that was for a whole different reason. That was two years ago. Let me share really quickly, I'm going to show my book, your turning point. I love so it. when you go in here and you hear my story, you will read a very transparent, deep. Um, I was very vulnerable in this book. I really shared some some deep stuff. I I, I, You're going to get me a signed copy, right? <laughs> I will. Absolutely. Are you kidding? So the, the fire and the breast cancer were the big turning point because I got through those. I was very present. I lived in present moment awareness. It was amazing. But when it came out of it and I got back into a rebuilt home and I was like, this isn't my home. What, you know, it really threw me into this state of further unhappiness. I didn't love where I was. I didn't love my relationship. And so I did a, I started doing a lot of Qigong. I did a, a, spent hours a day doing Qigong and reading Eckhart Tolle and doing all these things and really amping up my connection to source and my intuition. And finally, after about two or three years, I got this intuitive download I was afraid to leave. I was the mother of a, a, a girl, an 18 year old daughter, or 17 at the time. And I didn't, I was a musician. So I didn't make a lot of money and I wasn't sure I could get by on my own. Mm. But I knew I had to leave because I felt like if I had stayed, I was going to die in that relationship much sooner than I maybe was supposed to. Mm. Well, one day I got that intuitive download. And when I got that, and that's what, that's another thing that I teach that you need to listen to your intuition and follow those hits that take you on that journey of baby steps, you know, one after the other but I knew that I knew I had to leave. And that's when I left. And that's when I embarked on my new journey at 54, looking for my life purpose. So, and that was just one turn. That was a big turning point. There were more, but it was one of those turning points that shifted my entire life. If I wouldn't have done it, I wouldn't be where I am today. Wow. (laughs) So 
So you took that, you took that road less traveled. Yes. You decided to go find out what your life's purpose was. Yeah. And for a lot of people, right? They come to a point where they've got kids and kids are a big part of life's purpose, right? You got to make sure you raise your child right and your child is equipped to face the world because let's face it, if you don't, they won't, they won't succeed. They'll fail. And that happened to you. Yeah. Then you took that fork in the road. What happened next? Well, I took my daughter with me. And um, at 19, she was, I had been very, I didn't know how to do boundaries. I'd been very unconscious, like I said. Plus I was abused in all my relationships too. So um, we had a lot of love. And like you said, we've struggled a lot. She's 20, almost 27 now, but she's an amazing goddess and she's doing her own thing. So she's doing okay. But um, I took her with me and I had an opportunity to go to Malibu, live in Malibu and work with an intuitive group that just kind of came all these, you know, when you take that first step, doors open, you know, possibilities start to happen because now you've left all that other stuff behind that was keeping you stuck. And so it's kind of like going into the unknown. I had no idea. It's being comfortable with getting uncomfortable, moving into the unknown. And so at 19, I said to my daughter, I'm leaving. I'm going up to Malibu. I'll pay for a couple months on the condo we have in San Diego. You can stay here. I want you to get a job. I want you to find some friends and move in. So that was tough love. And that was, she was angry with me for a long time because I did that. However, I have to say that she built her inner fire. She got a job. She found people to live with. She didn't love it, but she started that process of growing up and becoming responsible. And so mm-hmm. I kind of forced her in that direction. And then I went mine. Now, I was always there for her, obviously. But um, yeah, the, I have to say that when I started coaching, and I want to share this with all of you, no matter where you are on your journey, mm-hmm. I found a coach, again, through intuitive steps leading me to somewhere. And when I was told what it cost to work with this person for a year, I had a meltdown, had a total meltdown because I had never spent that kind of money except maybe on a car payment. (laughs) So this was part of the journey, right? Nikki, I mean, you know that the entrepreneurial journey really, it goes deep. I mean, it brings you up against your stuff. And so that's where I just started, you know, I'm doing it. I'm taking those steps. I had a really rough year or two. I ended up coaching for her anyway. And the biggest thing for me was visibility. I hate like showing up on Facebook. We're also phony, right? Or we're, we're, we don't want to be seen. We're afraid people are going to judge us. So that was my journey as well. So all these things happened in a period, I'd say probably about six years where I was, you know, in the fire <laughs> of building my business and more importantly, building who I was inside because my business is me. <laughs> mm, mm. So that's the journey that I went on. And um, it's gotten quite a bit easier, but you know, we're always coming up against walls and we always continue to work with people and, and grow and expand. So that's, that's the journey. That's amazing. That's amazing. So what is, what did Joe enter the picture for you? Oh, wow. Well, you know, it's funny because people always talk about your soulmate or, you know, uh, having vision boards or affirmations or whatever. I didn't have any of that because by the time I was on my own in 2017, I was living uh, with a roommate and I was in leadership programs. I was really full on. I'm like, I'm doing all of it. You know, I'm going to do all of it. And I didn't want a relationship at all. I wasn't looking, (laughs) you know, I think deep down inside somewhere I had a an idea of I'd love an ideal man, whatever that looked like for me, but I never focused there. I just focused on me getting better as me because when we change, right, everything on the outside changes. And so in 2017, 
2018, I was on my, I believe, third or fourth summit that I was producing. And it was about the transform your money story. And all of a sudden, I had about 40 thought leaders, uh, you know, John Martini, Joe Vitale, all, all these people just came in. The energy was really high. And so I interviewed him for that summit. And it's funny because if you read the foreword of my book, it kind of talks about the process. Joe and I were on together. We had this incredible energy. And we, he said he felt like something had hit him, you know, uh, intuitively or whatever that was. And I, and I, you know, when you're working with a, uh, someone who's famous, right, you always think, well, gosh, they like me and we're going to do something together, you know, and then you go, you walk away and you say, you know, we all think that, right? But who am I? I mean, I'm one in a billion people, right? So it doesn't matter. So literally, we both walked away. I think we, at some point we started following each other on Facebook, didn't talk for about nine months. And then I had gotten a coach. This is part of this following your intuitive steps. I had changed coaches. And this coach now lived in San Antonio. And so I had to fly to San Antonio to do the program. And Joe saw I was in San Antonio. Unbeknownst to me, he lived in Wimberley, Texas, which was not too far away. And so he asked if I wanted to get together. It didn't work out. Another three months passed. And when I came back in January, we had dinner for the first time. And it was like we had known each other forever. And I remember him walking away from dinner because he left pretty quick. (laughs) And he said, I don't even know why I'm here. You know, why am I here? So this is what I want you guys to hear. And that is, even when it's unknown, even when it makes no sense. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, this was a span of a year just to even come together for dinner, right? You, you have to know the universe has your back. There are things that are happening. There's these synchronistic things that come in. And Joe and I both say yes to synchronicities, even when they make no sense. Mm. And we don't like, you know, neither one of us were looking for a relationship. He was actually married and I wasn't looking for a relationship. I was building my business. And so all these things were happening. And it's kind of like at some point when the universe says you and you here, then you start looking at things and you start questioning. But um, that's the gold of following your intuition. And it's so beautiful because when you do that, these things just open up in front of you, you know, at the right time and everything falls into place. It's a beautiful process. Cool. So you met Joe. That was the start of the process. How long did it take after that initial meeting for you guys to to really start to connect more deeply, get into a relationship and start doing work together? Wow, that's a great question too. Um, It took us a while. Um, initially I was called another intuitive hit and I had no idea what it was when I was living in San Diego, I got a hit that I should go and pack up my stuff and go be with my mom. She was 88 at the time. And I was like, well, she's old. I just saw her. I don't know why I followed the hit. Now, most people would say that's crazy. I can't just pack up my entire life. My daughter was old enough and she was gone, but I made my decision. I told my roommate I'm leaving. I have to go be with my mom for some reason. Halfway across the, across the country, I'm driving from San Diego to Pennsylvania. I get the call from my sister. Mom was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer and she's dying. So I went to live with my mother from February through August of 2018. I took care of her until she passed away. And that's when I wrote my book. That's when my show fell in my lap. And in the process, Joe became my mentor. So after my mother died, now he and I were, he and I were talking um, via emails and stuff for me to work on my book. We, I had gotten some ideas and he started that process for me of really moving forward with my book, which was really cool. I wrote it while my mom was dying. That was amazing. I channeled it while my mom was dying, basically. And then um, 
I decided to move to Texas after my mom passed away. I had, I had come to Texas twice to work with him for him to mentor me. And we knew at that point there was something going on because we had these, these feelings. Of course, again, he's married. You know, he starts to realize that he hadn't had much of a marriage <clears throat> for a very long time, but he was loyal and, you know, taking care of his wife. So anyway, all this was this ongoing thing that was happening. And if you know Joe, Joe's married for 20 years. His first wife actually passed away. And he was with this relationship for 20 years. So he's, he's a very loyal person. He's not somebody who is going to go fool around or, you know, look for something else. And he's very loyal. So this was really hard for him as well, because it was a big shift in his life. It was kind of, I was kind of like the, um, the catalyst to blow up his life yeah. and mine, which was actually very painful because um, I don't know when you talked to Joe last, but, you know, he went through an incredibly painful, abusive two and a half year divorce, not on his part. And um, yeah, a lot of dudes go through really rough divorces. I think I, met, I mentioned that to you in one of our notes to each other that I, I actually work with men going through that sort of thing. It's not yeah, something I, I, I it's yeah. not something I advertise or is my main business. But I've right. this year, uh, I helped a man with a multi-million dollar company whose wife said bye bye to him. I helped another man, wife said bye bye, and he's a world famous speaker. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's another man who's one of my closest friends whose wife was is in the midst of saying bye-bye. <laughs> you know, it's another way to, I don't want to get into the details, mm -hmm. but it's a rough thing for a lot of men to go through. I mean, listen, I'm, 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 I'm in no way denigrating women because I think men and women are right, both right. great, but you know, right. the world talks a lot about what women go through. So I'll let them do that. I'm a champion for men. I, love I don't know if you that. can see this. This is my yes, movement I for love men. That. Yes, I love movement that. For men. Mm -hmm. So we, there's, there's that's a lot me. of men who are a little bit lost on how to be in this modern age. And that's a whole nother discussion on a future podcast interview for you yeah. and I to do. But um, I love that though, because Nikki, you know, um, Joe's a very loving person. He never once talked badly about his wife. I, I, however, cannot say that I did not do that because of what she put him through. And I understand she was in her own pain. I get that. But there's this point in time, especially when somebody's well-known, that you get to make a decision. You know, a lot of people just think it's like, you know, you can't get divorced. You have to stay with somebody because they want it. But if you don't want it, it's not okay. So like I said, it was a huge decision on his part. And we both went through the mill, through hell and back. And then on top of that, his father passed when we had left Milan, the, the night we left Milan. And then Ugh. one of his family members committed, tried to commit suicide. They did not succeed. And then I got hit with Lyme disease. And then of course the pandemic wiped out his business and mine as well. So it was kind of like this two-year journey into the dark night of the soul. But, um, but anyway, just to finish up my story real quickly, and that is, you know, I got a hit to come to Texas. And I don't love Texas. I love San Diego. I wanted to stay there. But I felt that Joe and I were going to be doing work together because we both, we had ideas for singing together and creating songs and writing and, and writing books and doing events. And we ended up doing a live event in Austin in 2018 also. Um, so I, we just kept following our hit. And of course, at some point we knew that his marriage was over, over, over. And he knew that for a while. He was just afraid to deal with it, I think, because he didn't want to hurt her. And then that's when we started working on the business. And that's when we created the, uh, the event and everything. But I have to tell you, you know, even if you're, this is again, if you're afraid to do it, if you get that hit, if you get that knowing the universe is moving you in that direction, you get to say yes. Even if it's going to hurt somebody else even, that you love, even if it's, you know, 
this is the thing. We're so stuck and we're so afraid that we don't take those steps. And when we don't, we miss out on the opportunities and the possibilities, even just the alignment, right? We're, we're supposed to be a certain place at a certain time with perhaps a certain person. And so that, again, is the beauty of the journey, but it's also an incredibly difficult journey to walk through. It takes you through the fire, but it builds you up. It refines you at the deepest level. You know, there's a lot of truth in what you're saying. Um, but I'll, I'll just go back to this thing about what I'm noticing that a lot of men are, are, are going through. The world has changed in the last little while. And this is um, this is something that a lot of people don't get. They're they're thinking, oh, there's been a massive transformation on the planet in the last 50, 60 years. And it's a conscious thing. Well, at one level, yes. At another level, um, back in 1917, the first Marxist government took root in Russia, led by Vladimir Lenin. And Lenin had a had a goal of worldwide revolution. He wanted the whole world to go Marxist at that time. And he realized that Russia wasn't strong enough to go conquer every other country in the world. And in particular, the country he called the main adversary was the United States of America. Mm. And he realized there's no way that he could conquer the United States of America. And in fact, Abraham Lincoln said, America can never be defeated from without. America can only be Mm. defeated from within. So Vladimir Lenin at that time went to one of his acolytes, a German Marxist by the name of Willy Munzenberg, and said, Willie, Go to America, and what I want you to do is use its very openness against itself. And um, this was the plan. William Eusenberg went into America. This is written in a book, which which you can can get. This is a lot of what's going on has been like I'm a positive person. I believe in goodness and light and all that, but there's darkness in the world. And you know, (laughs) the biggest trick the devil played on us is making us believe devil don't exist. (laughs) The devil exists, and there's evil in the world, as you have experienced. And so Willie Munstenberg started to take actions to basically subvert certain institutions mm-hmm. through 12 schools and universities, mm-hmm. uh, storytelling, which was primarily Hollywood and um, media. If you mm-hmm. go and you look at newspapers and textbooks from 1910 and compare them to newspapers and textbooks from 2010, as an example, there is a completely different cultural agreement, a zeitgeist. So the Marxists managed to start to get into all these institutions, say, and they started to have a thing saying America's bad, America's this, America is xenophobic, America's racist, America's sexist. Now, were these things through at some level? Yes. But if you compare America and the West to pretty much every other part of the world, and I'm, a, I'm an immigrant from the Middle East, from Iran, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are the least racist, least sexist, mm. least most tolerant places on the planet. So it's ridiculous for anybody to say this is an actuality if you, you know, if you compare it to the rest of the world. It's not true. And America's been one of the few nations in the history of the world that has actually gone and self-reflected and changed itself. Other nations pretty much don't do this. Let's be honest. Mm. They just don't do it. Right. And the problem is what this has done to the relationships between men and men and women, just let's bring it back to that, is that, you know, women were being told that men are bad and that you need to to look at men as the bad guys and men were being taught that hey you are bad you are you are you've been putting women down so start hating yourself and what this has caused is a situation where people don't know how to get married so they don't choose the right partners in the old days it was very simple 
people around you would get in your business and go, no, no, right. that guy's not good for you. Don't marry right. him. Don't right. marry him. And you'd listen. Right. But in the last 50 years, who listened to that? Don't marry him was like, was like a red flag to a bull. Go definitely yeah, marry that person it. who's terrible for you. <laughs> it's absolutely the wrong person for you to get married. So the divorce rate went up from three to 5% to 55%. And the impact this has had on families, on relationships has been horrible. Mm-hmm. And men and women, and I'll speak for men a lot because you know I am a man and I work with men. <laughs> they haven't got a freaking clue. Mm-hmm. When am I ready for a relationship? Who's mm-hmm. the right person for me to get married to? How do I make sure I don't marry the wrong person? Because too many, too many dudes, you know, think with the little head, not the big head. Excuse right, my language exactly. over there, no, right? That's true. That's true. Yeah. Right. And and yeah. and on top of that is, once I get into the relationship, how do I not screw it up royally? You know, because it's so easy to do that, and the, the answers to those are not societally available to people. Right. People are society, which used to be mm-hmm. so much in favor of men, of women, of family has now basically said, ah, you're on your own, figure it out. And you're teaching little teenagers who've never been raised properly on what the right way to make decisions is. You're saying you go out and make those decisions. I mean, that's insane from my perspective. That is insane. And I can totally understand why I went through a divorce. You know, you've gone through a divorce. Joe's gone through a divorce. I can totally understand why we would make choices and not be conscious enough of why we made those choices. And part of why I started Sovereign Man and part of why I do the work that I do is I've spent the last dozen years deeply studying these issues. And, you know, I got a lot of freaking flaws, but one of them, one one of my strengths is I'm I'm smart. I I, I go and I read stuff and I synthesize that, bring it forward. I want to show men in particular how not to screw up their lives, how not to screw up their relationships and how to have the world be a world where, you know, families are valued, relationships are valued, and and that you get to make good decisions moving forward. Yes. yes. You know, and a man like Joe, who's famous, right? Like, listen, Joe ever wants to have a conversation about this? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm available. <laughs> happy to have this discussion. He ever wants to find out about sovereign man and and hey, how do we help more men not make these kinds of mistakes? Having a guy like him be part of the leaders of the tribe would be fantastic because we need to reach a, a global stage because if we don't the forces of darkness are going to destroy the family unit and relationships and that's not good for any of us that's not good for the world anyway that's my so, rant for the day so great uh within that too because again he's not he's he really walks his talk he's not like anybody i've ever met he doesn't talk down he doesn't talk smack he doesn't cuss about anything he doesn't get angry he really does the work and goes within he gets support on the outside so most men will not go to those lengths. And and like I said, even when he left his wife, he said, I still love her. It's just that we're not supposed to be together. And it's been that way for a long time, but I was loyal. So you, you know, you have to also as a man or a woman be true to you. And I know it's hard because you, you, you know, we have this idea of we carry other people. We feel responsible for other people. Mm. But we really have to be responsible to ourselves first. Mm. And then again, my ex-husband was a sociopath, narcissist. So to co-parent with someone like that, there is no co-parenting. So that that was tough in and of itself, but that was my bad choice. And I knew it. I had red flags. So on both sides of the board. But yeah, I love what you're talking about because I think it's it's absolutely necessary. So uh, and until we do that, things are going to be wonky like they are right now. I mean, we need to make hey, a Hey, listen, you know what? If you've got a child, like I've told my boys, I got a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old. I've told them both. 
I get a vote on who you marry. And I'm going to tell you, yeah, there you go. like that's, a, I, I said, I'm sorry. You don't like it. I'm sorry. You think this is the way of the world. You should make your own decisions and that's cool. But if she's a nut bar and you're not right. seeing it, I'm not going to let yeah. you marry. I don't care what it takes. Yeah. I'm going to get in your face. I'm going to go to her parents and say, these guys are not suited for one another yeah. and they should not get married because they will end up in divorce. And that's only going to hurt people. Cause this well, you is know, ridiculous. When you're in your twenties or you're, you know, you, you don't even have any common sense at that point. Well, so, no. you know, not really. So, yeah, no, no, you don't, you don't. There's, there's a young man who passed away a little while ago. His name is Stefan Arneo. He passed away last year, May 6th. He wrote this book. Um, Hard times create strong men. He was 33 when he passed same age as Jesus. And he kind of was looking a little like Jesus when he passed as well. He had cancer. That book, um, came from his pain and from him doing a 40 day water fast in Costa Rica. He wrote it in 11 days. That's 700 plus pages that he wrote in 11 days. And that book, I tell you, reading that book was an eye opener for me. And and I'm someone who studies this stuff and studies this material, but I I just want all men to um, be in a place where a, they realize that it's cool being a man. You can be proud to be a man nothing wrong with masculinity there are men who are bad men there's no question that we've got to like call that out and more than call it out do something about that (laughs) in a bigger way but oh my god we're living we're living in a time where men are very lost so i mean i I appreciate you sharing that story with me thank you no my goodness thank you for sharing what and for doing what you're doing because we need more people to go on behalf of men and children Amen. So you started your business with Joe and you're, you're now the coach. <laughs> I am a coach. Yes. I'm a mindset and resilience coach only because I've been through so much stuff and it really refined me and it really allowed me to see, you know, I'm, I'm here to help other people get through this. I mean, um, we all get stuck and we all need to have support. Um, and so it's my honor and joy because, you know, there's so many brilliant people out there, people that are light workers, people that, you know, just are here and they have a burning desire to do what they're here to do, but they're so stuck. And so that's where coaching, of course, comes into to play. And I mean, um, it, it, that's an investment in yourself. It, it, this is a whole nother thing. I have a friend, Brian Wetton, who wrote a book called Hell Yes, you know, Hell, hell what was it? Yes, Yes, Hell No, something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> I, I used to give it to my clients in here. I can't even remember the title today. But anyway, it was like, we say yes to stuff that we, you know, we think it's really great. And then we get into it and it's hard and we're like, hell no, I'm not going to go there. Mm-hmm. So we really do have to allow ourselves the journey to, you know, jump all in do whatever it takes, get the support you need, but to, not to be afraid of it, right? Because failure, everybody fails and failure is just propelling us forward. Yes. So yeah, coaching is, is, has really helped me to get to where I am. And I know it's helped so many of my clients as well. So, I love it. Important. I love it. I love it. I love it. So um, how do people who are interested in your book, cool. interested in exploring, working with you, how do they go about doing that? Well, I, like I told you, I'm in the process of doing rebranding. So my new website will be coming out soon with a lot of information, media, press, you know, uh, coaching, all kinds of stuff. But it's lisaawinston.com. And my book is Your Turning Point. And you can go to yourturningpointbook.com and you can read a little bit more about that. And there's some free gifts and things too. Um, so but lisaawinston.com. lisaawinston.com. Mm-hmm. And, and Your also, Turning Point Book. And then also my show, Mindset Reset TV. Check that out. That's all about mindset stuff. And we talk to people like Dee Wallace and uh, Kevin Sorbo and all kinds of 
MindsetResetTV.com. So we are going to put all that information in the show notes. Okay. This show won't come out for a little while because I'm I'm kind of backlogged on on (laughs) interviews. I had to launch a second episode a week and that's been called the Thought Leader Nuggets. Usually it's me, but sometimes I bring in some people and we just have like a 15 a 10 to 15 to maximum 20 minute nugget cool. that we give people around thought leadership. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I may need to come out with a third episode, man, because we're, we're starting to do a lot oh of these. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. And two episodes is good for now. Um, so I, I, I'll tell you what, Lisa, I want to just do a, a bit of a lightning round around the subject of thought leadership, because mm-hmm. I really believe that what you have created is thought leadership. Thought leadership. Yes. Let me give you a couple definitions of thought leadership as we describe them. These are not original to me. One of them was by my mentor, Matt Church, and the other is by David Meerman Scott. Um, so Matt Church says the distinction between uh, an expert and a thought leader is an expert is someone who knows something. Right. A thought leader is someone who's known for knowing something. Right. Right. I so, love that. Yeah. yeah, it's good. So experts are a dime a dozen. Thought leaders are rare and valuable. Now, David Meerman Scott's definition is even better than this one, although this one was fantastic. He said, an expert is like a cover band. I'm sure you'd appreciate this as a musician, but a thought leader plays original music. I love, oh, I love that one. I just really resonate with that as a, you know, as a singer. So. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so true. Oh my God. Yeah. So, you know, within, within thought leadership, like, mm-hmm. And you might find this interesting. I, I, I should, you know, when we're done here, I should actually get your email. I mean, you and I have been connecting on Facebook. So Matt wrote this book. It's called The Thought Leader Practice, right? He's got a couple co- co-authors, Peter Cook and Scott Stein, but he's the main author. And this basically is based on him spending the last 20 plus years in Australia creating the thought leader movement. And we've kind of uh, studied with him and, and, and adapted some of his ideas for North America. But essentially what he says is that, um, to become a thought leader, you've got to go through the process of exploring what, what your life has given you and yes. then turning that <laughs> into IP and then creating these, what he calls, folders of expertise. So let me kind of show you what one of these looks like. Um, I did this as Matt taught us and as we teach some folks. Mm-hmm. So this is a folder of my expertise. It's one of the areas I'm interested in. It's the uh, area of performance and winning. Winning, I call this, right? Mm. So I created using um, what Matt taught me and what I teach folks, 53 discrete pieces of intellectual property with various kind of statements on winning. So let's say you were doing resilience, right? We'd say, hey, let's create 53 statements on resilience. Let's have you start to like write each of them out. Let's start having some a deeper explanation of it. Let's have some case studies. Let's have a literature review mm. as well as, as well as actual wow. like academic studies. Yeah. Then let's have a visual model that explains it and then a metaphor. So this is like that. And then let's say that statement in seven ways. So the original oh, way to a group of bankers, to a group of Silicon Valley mm-hmm. people, to a group of wise men and women, to a group of like teenagers, to a group of like uh, people just starting out in their careers, different ways to say it. So each of these took me about two hours to create. There's 54 of them now. Wow. Um, that took a while, but this becomes the basis of me creating a retreat, a keynote talk, right, right. several keynote talks, yes. coaching programs, one-on-one, group coaching programs, yeah. um, a, a facilitated program, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So I'm just wondering, what are some of your comments and thoughts on that? 
Well, I love that because first of all, well, you can always repurpose your material. That's the thing, you know, when, whenever you do anything, webinars or anything like that, you can go back and use it and repurpose it. I love it. I love that you have it in a folder and you have all those pieces. And I love the back where you have those seven different ways to say it because you have different people, right? You can have your simple sentence structure, like with who you are, your elevator pitch, you know, but it doesn't always suit everybody. You want to, you know, tweak it or whatever. But also what I love about that is that um, anything that we do, as thought leaders, we, ha we have to be leaders, right? It's about leadership. And so we have to learn to lead our own lives first before we can lead somebody else. And that includes doing what you're showing there. That includes, you know, self-management, uh, self-care, honoring your feelings, doing the research, you know, finding out, going really deep with who it is that you are and what your message is. That, the, the paper that had on the back, the seven messages, yeah. that really helps you get clear you know, on what your message is, what you're here to do, who you're here to serve, who's your tribe. So I love that. That's, that's beautiful. I love that. As a matter of fact, I'm going to check that out myself, Matt Church. Okay. So I'll tell you what, Lisa, if this is of, of interest to you, I'll get your email once we finish recording yes, and all that yes, jazz. I'll send yes. you, uh, I'll send you a copy of this, a PDF copy of the book. Oh, that'd be awesome. Thank you. If you want to send me even like your address, I'll send yes. you a couple of my books. I have, I have three published books, four published books right now, but three of them that are relevant for what you're doing. I'll send you my books. I'll put this Thank in the you. mail for you too. I'll oh get my, my, my better half, Teresa, to send it to you so you can oh have like gosh. a nice physical copy in your hand. But if you want to explore this, like we love working with thought leaders. That's kind of what we do. I we work do. With a lot of coaches and consultants. We got really cool stuff we do to help them like That's get it out beautiful. there in a bigger way. And it actually makes them a ton more money too, which is a beautiful thing too. Well, what I love also and I want to share with your audience is this also look what Nikki's doing and look what we're doing. It's almost like a mastermind. You know, also if you want to go places, it's not about being a lone wolf and doing it on your own. You get to have support. You get to reach out like he did with, you know, the, the different people who coached him or supported him or inspired him. It's really about coming together and sharing ideas and going higher. So I, I love this whole thing. I mean, thank you. Yes, I would love those books and, and I'll send you my, my one little book. <laughs> yeah, please do. Autograph. Please do. But, um, um, that'd be great. Yeah, no, but it's, um, this is all part of the process, you know. I, a thought leader isn't being an influencer, really. And if you want to in influence people, you have to know ex again what you're here for, and you have to actually reach out. It's also about connection. I just said masterminding, um, and so I love. Gosh, I, <laughs> I after we get off the call, we're going to be doing yeah some more. Yeah, chat. listen, let's let's talk. I'd love to show you this stuff because we do some really cool stuff. I actually think you're going to like this so much. You're going to want to do it yourself. And then you might even want to go tell Joe, Joe, come talk to this guy. You might even be able to find a way to get it to all the people that know who he is. Because this material, here's one of my, my pet peeves in the world. I'll just say this and then we'll get into wrap up because I know you got another, uh, another thing. I just have an idea. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? We live in a time where there's a lot of influencers and, and marketers and internet marketers and they're charlatans. They're not real. They oh, give you a boy. bunch of good sizzle. They sell sizzle. That sizzle, man, it's sizzly. And it's and they get they hit those points and you go, I want some of that sizzle. The problem is when you bite into sizzle, there's nothing there. Right. Me? So true. You know, as a, as a I'm sure as a as a transplanted Texan, you'll really appreciate this. I don't sell no sizzle, girl. I sell yeah, steak. Yeah. I, I sell know, I love steak. that. Yeah, big meaty steak. I sell <laughs> steak. Well, when you bite into it, you taste that goodness, that good meat. Good old Texas Longhorn on the barbecue. Yeah. Oh, baby. But that's the truth. That is the honest to God truth. I have spent tens of thousands of dollars with people who sold sizzle, you know, and, and ultimately it ended up, it was coach abuse. <laughs> I didn't coach learn abuse. very much, you know. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's another subject for another day. Um, 
but uh, it's it's true, and um, and it's also just you know preying on people to get money, and then ultimately you're going off and you're just completely lost and and all that. Can I share something with your viewers real quick? Please, of course. Okay, so one of the things I'd like to leave you with, I know we have to go soon here, is a thing that a process that I do that you might have already done it, but I love it. I love to share it. I call it an evidence journal. You know, when we are so, we have to find our badass moments. We really do. Like we think a lot of times we're wimpy. We don't have a story. We don't have a message. We want to do stuff, but we're so scared. We're so weak. So I want you to sit down with a journal and I want you to go back to all the moments. I want you to start writing all the moments in your life, your child, the childbirth, the wedding, the, the award you got, you know, go back to elementary schools, wherever you want to go. But I want you to see that number one, you have survived 100% of your challenges <laughs> up until this point because you're still here, right? And when you look back over that journal and you see everything that you have had the strength to get through, even though you thought you were weak, you will know that you are a badass and that you are worthy. And, and also keep those stories because those stories, like Nikki said, are the things that you want to tell about when you, you know, start coming out in a greater way and when you use those. So an evidence journal, make sure you start one. And evidence journal, I love it. Yeah. So one of the exercises we do in our thought leader immersive workshop is wow. you can see the significant events in your life. So these are all the significant yes. events in oh, my life yes. and all like good, and bad, and different, all that mm -hmm. stuff. And we use this as the basis for extracting what's in that, that, um, that IP folder, because yes. all this stuff that you've survived, it's yes. what one of the things Matt Church taught me, which was so beautiful is it's what you've struggled with that gives you the right to do. Yes. And yes. I'm like, Damn, yes. so that's really, it, it's not Michael Jordan that teaches you about winning, although you can learn something about winning. Right, right. Yes. It's about, it's about the, my, it, it's about Michael Jordan when he got cut from the high school team that he Walking struggled with fire. that. Yeah. That's what gives him the right to teach you about winning. Yeah. Not just that he yeah. won the biggest thing when he was a Chicago Bull in right. 1998. Right. Anyways, cool. So look, we're going to wrap yeah. this up because I know you got to be somewhere. I do, but I had so much fun. I love this. I know. We'll do it again. We're doing it. We're going to do it again. Send me, a, send, send, me, send me your address, send me your email, and let's set you up another it. call. I think we should definitely yeah. like do a follow-up about thought leadership. I'd love to do that let's with do you. So, um, so rapid fire, top three pieces of advice, bullet, uh, bullet point form. We call them expert action steps. Well, number one, reframe your thoughts. Whenever you have some uh, something that's very negative, I want you to turn it around and start looking for the good, looking uh, you know, for what's right in your life and what's going right. Number two, take positive action. Always act. Action is the only thing that's going to get you where you want to go. And number three, I have there are so many, but I'm going to say have a support system like we were just talking about, you know, masterminding a friend, somebody who's in business. Always have a support system to make you accountable to what you're doing, but also to help you work through what it is that you're struggling with. Love it, That's it. love it, love it, love it. <laughs> so listener, Lisa Winston, a legend, fantastic, incredible as a coach. To find out more about her uh, programs, to find out more about her book, go to the show notes at thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. I'll give you that other website in a second. Or go to Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. We're gonna have all that information about how to get in touch with Lisa in the show notes. And the last of her three expert action steps is so important. We believe in that in East Circle so strongly. And look, we are here at East Circle building a movement. And here's our movement. Our movement is for men and women who are lovers of freedom, free expression, free enterprise. If that's you, 
Don't do this alone. You need the support system. You need people that love you. Come to our website, eastcircleacademy.com. Take advantage of all the free resources there and be one of the men and women that are standing up to keep what's great about our way of life. Freedom, free expression, free enterprise alive. Do not let those people that want to take it all away from us win. Make sure that you're one of the people who allows goodness and light to triumph over evil and darkness. Lisa Winston, what an honor. Looking forward to our next chat. Go to your next call and please send me all that information. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bug you about when we're going to have like a a call call rather than an interview call. Talk about thought leadership. God bless you. God love you. Say hello to Joe for me. Thank you. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, the thought leader revolution. And to find out more about today's amazing and incredible guest, the one and only Lisa Winston, go to the thought leader revolution.com or go check out the show notes anywhere where you listen to podcasts and make sure you go take advantage of all the resources we have for the men and women of freedom until next time. Goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eastcircleacademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.